And again, welcome. Welcome to our Monday gathering here. You know, I've been reflecting and one of the things I've been reflecting upon is just how drastically my life and probably all of your lives have changed. Just a month and a half, four to six weeks. What a radical thing. But wasn't it six weeks ago we were meeting together? And, and for me, when I reflect on that, just the drastic change that's happened in these last couple of months, it feels like we're, we're really in the midst of these crossroads. Right? And in one direction, if I go one direction, there's this potential for transformation. In another direction, the potential for disintegration. And I'm sure you've already noticed this collectively. The potential for, at this crossroads, for transformation. The transformation of now many workers are getting more benefits and more workers' rights. What a beautiful thing to take care of others like that. And then disintegration at the same time. You know, the increase in racism towards Asian Americans as this virus spreads. And, and I've been reflecting about this quality of, of crossroads just for our own lives. Like, what are you going to do at this crossroads right now in your life? Because it feels like it's the same thing. And yes, it's complex. There's the, 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 the potential for disintegration, the potential for transformation, and these are happening at the same time. But how do you pick the road for transformation? What do you do at the crossroads right now? And whatever meaning that has for you in your life. Things are changing. No longer is there going to be a going back to normal, whatever that was anyway. And this fits so well with what we speak about so much from a Buddhist point of view is this is the nature of change. It's just that this change collectively, globally, is, is a bit more drastic and dramatic. So what do you do at the crossroads? How do you skillfully meet a crucial moment like this? even in your homes, in your tiny little squares that I see you in right now. <laughs> Here we are. And what comes to mind is a, a story of the Buddha. His attendant, Ananda, came to him once and said, uh, Venerable One, one of the monastics is dying and he wants to be able to see you before he dies. And the Buddha says to Ananda, very well, first I'm going to meditate and then I'm going to go see the monastic that's going to be dying. I find that so striking and so telling about 
this path and this practice that we're exploring together? How do I show up at the crossroads in a different way? How do I show up for a crisis or a catastrophe or whatever word you want to use for this in a different way? It's this, this practice that we come back to again and again to sit, to, to meditate. And then what arises out of that that allows for a different kind of response? And I want to say that, just to put it simply, what I find is that meditation on the simplest level, it allows, allows for something physiologically different in my system so that I can be in a different space as I navigate this whole situation, whether it be this collective situation that we're in or the individual things that you're navigating. And so tonight, what I'd like to do is I, I'm going to be keeping it basic, simple, to go over these kind of concrete first steps of meditation. And in particular, the way I'd like to do that is to use some of the language that we find in this discourse of the Buddha called uh, his discourse on the mindfulness of breathing. And to really go line by line, to, to parse apart, how do I enter into meditation? What are some ways that I can remember to do this. And so I'll go over that and then we'll give it a try to see what that's like. Just because it is, it's such an important and central thing that we're, we're doing here together. And having that skill and learning that skill, I think is so important. And in light of that, I'm gonna just use some images to help and, and also take you through step-by-step step using um, uh, just a PowerPoint here that might be helpful. So let me get that, that up on the screen here. Let me just see here. Okay, so we have, just so I wanna begin with this first image and I just wanna make sure you can see that image. Hey Terry, can you give me a thumbs up if you can see the image or not? Great, thanks. I find this image really striking. It's a, it's, a, it's a carving from granite, and hopefully you can see in your computer screen the striations that are in the rock that are there, that are in over the chest and in the legs, that gives to me such a, a power emotive quality to the, to the image. And it's a, at a place in Sri Lanka called Galvihara that was uh, supposedly ca carved somewhere in the 12th century. And what's so moving to me is it depicts this central practice that we're doing here together as a community for this spiritual uh, exploration, which is meditation. And also, I, I want to be sensitive to this just in terms of archetypes and imagery. I think uh, so often we imagine the Buddha as a male, as a male depiction. But I think it could just be as easily seen as female or neither or both. So one monastic looking at some of these early texts uh, postulates that the Buddha might have been uh, intersex in terms of uh, genitalia when there's a description of his genitalia. 
and what that what what that helps broaden is uh, broadening a sense of of gender, which I think can be powerful in terms of inclusivity. So I invite you to imagine that this is what we're here to embody. However, you situate yourself in terms of this this thing called gender. But here it is. Here's this central. Uh, image and, and the practice that we do together that allows for transformation through meditation to allow us to navigate the crossroads in our lives. So preparing, I want to get into the nitty gritty of how to, to sit down and meditate or to lie down and meditate and use some of these words from the sutta, the, the mindfulness of breathing sutta. Maybe. There we go. Oops. So we find uh, this phrase, and we find this phrase quite interestingly in a number of different places. Here, gone to a forest or to the root of a tree or to an empty hut. Which really speaks to this first thing that's needed for meditation is finding a suitable place to practice. Like, I'd be curious, where, where do all of you practice? Where is that place? Where is it in your home? And of course, ideally, I want to talk about the ideal and then the, the um, sometimes the other things that we have to do when we can't find the ideal at home. So much of us are at home that it can be such a potential for, for practice. There might be a particular room that you can use, which can be so helpful to have a room for that, or to have a room that transforms into your meditation hall, whether it be, you know, the, the living room or your bedroom. And if possible, quiet, having a quality of quiet there. And also a space where there's a sense of relative safety. Because when my, when my system isn't feeling safe, it's, it's, it's uh, reverberating in a way and I need to allow it to settle. And what can be helpful is, is just relative safety, maybe not absolute safety. And then, of course, what we see here, you know, if you're in Flagstaff, if it gets warmer, if there's places outside in the forest, I think it's so great to be able to sit outside if it's a place where there's quiet and solitude. And it's at the same time, I wanna be clear, like if there's no quiet, it doesn't mean that it's not a suitable place. The, the first meditation center I went to in Burma, in Myanmar, was right in the middle of, of Yangon. And it was like in the middle of a neighborhood. So it was my first month on retreat it was just all kinds of noises, all kinds of cacophony out there. It was a fine place to sit. But being clear about this, putting intention in this, reflecting on what's going to work for you. And then this next step, finding a suitable posture. Of course, here the Buddha's talking about sitting down on the floor or the ground, having the legs folded cross-rise and keeping the body erect. Of course, sitting in a chair or sometimes sitting doesn't work for all bodies. So lying down is fine. When sitting, I do find having the, the body upright yet relaxed is the key. 
if I'm lying down, more of the key is a quality of wakefulness, maybe keeping the eyes open in some way, having a sense of alertness there. What's the posture that works for you so that there can be one, an uprightness and a quality of ease in the body? And then establishing intention. Just a minute here. The sentences and having, or the phrases and having established mindfulness to the fore. So I'm bringing mindfulness to the forefront here. I'm gonna just stop the screen because I wanna take a little bit of a time to share about establishing intention. So the first thing about establishing intention is, uh, it's like I say to myself, okay, Brian, what we're doing here now when you sit down is it's time to have this quality of presence, of mindfulness. Because what I notice, especially if you have a regular meditation practice, often what it can be is like, my body can sit down but my mind has a different idea of what that time's for. <laughs> a lot of times it thinks, oh, this is worry time. Cool. Oh, planning. Finally, like I can sit down and plan. This is something different. So I have to remind myself, oh, yeah, that's what I'm doing. That's what it is, mindfulness, presence. And often when I remind myself there, it's not just a thought. I'm allowing my body to feel, oh, this is what mindfulness feels like. Even if I'm agitated or upset, it's like, oh, here, here's some presence here and I can sense it, I can feel it. And I invite you to trust that. It's like your body knows a sense of what presence and mindfulness feels like. Can you, can you call it? Can you invite it to be here with you? So that's one thing about clarifying the, your intention. This is what this is about. This is what I'm gonna be doing. But we have this one intention, but it's like around that intention that's broader is to frame it. And the way I frame it is having an altruistic attitude towards what I'm doing, which can be summed up just in this, this one phrase. You know, may this go for the benefit of all beings. Oh, that's why I practice. This is something much greater than me. May this go to the benefit of all beings. Placing that altruistic intention, I find, makes such a difference. And then this last piece of establishing intention, which is I also, in establishing this, this meditation, is I decide to set aside, I like say to myself, you know what? I'm going to set aside the worries and the planning and the fear. And I'm just going to put them over here to my left or to my right. Because now I'm going to cultivate mindfulness. So I'm placing that intention of setting aside those daily concerns. And I find this really helpful. And I, I want to say, I want to be also honest with you, just because you say, okay, I'm going to set aside my daily concerns. I'm not, please don't hold me to it. It's your mind probably will not really listen to that so well, but we'll get to that. But I find at least saying that helps at least 
that they're, they're at least kept to the side rather than at, at the forefront. You might want to play around with that. So back to the, where we're at here. Okay, so we've found a suitable place, finding a suitable posture, establishing intention, which I went over. I'm here to practice mindfulness, getting a feeling sense of that. Oh, for the benefit of all beings. And I'm just going to set aside the daily concerns right now. So that's the prep. I'm preparing the mind and the body for this, preparing the heart. And then it's beginning to meditate. How to begin to meditate? Mindful one breathes in and mindful one breathes out, which could be seen as cultivating curiosity. What do I mean by cultivating curiosity is, is I mean bringing a quality of curiosity of what does the breath actually feel like? Huh, I wonder what it really feels like. Oh, there's the in-breath. That's what the in-breath feels like. Oh, and that's what the out-breath feels like. Oh, that's what's happening right now. Breathing in, uh, breathing out. And at this point, I want to point out that, that uh, for some people, the breath doesn't work so well. And it's just the only reason for that is because we're different rather than, oh, there's something wrong with me. For example, I know Theravada monastics that don't use the breath at all. They'll use like something like the activity of hearing as a way of, of doing this. It's just as good as the breath. And I think this is important to remember. If that's the case for you, if, if hearing works much better for you, then the translation of this is just being mindful of how sounds come and go. So it's, it's ah, mindful of that sounds are arising and passing away, just as mindful of breathing in and breathing out. And, and finding a general area where you're getting a sense of, oh, breathing in, breathing out. And this brings something about mindfulness to clarity, which is important, is, is mindfulness is not just mere presence, it's knowing or feeling, maybe the word feeling is much better, what's going on. Not only, oh, breathing is happening, but this is an in-breath. Oh, this is an out-breath. There's a knowing of this. And when I say knowing, I don't necessarily mean a verbal knowing, more the felt sense knowing of breathing in, breathing out, having curiosity around that. And if it's hearing different sounds that are arising or just silence is there. And then the next step of beginning, and this really blends into what just I went over. Breathing in long, one understands, I breathe in long. Breathing out long, I under, one understands, I breathe out long. Breathing in short, one understands, I breathe in short. Breathing out short, one understands, I breathe out short. The way I frame this is it's the quality of deepening curiosity. I think sometimes tracking if the breath is long or short what I've noticed for some practitioners can complicate things. So sometimes what I invite people instead to become curious about is, can you catch the very beginning of the in-breath, the very end of the in-breath? 
the very beginning of the outbreath, the very end of the outbreath. And again, I'll be going over this in the guidance just to get a feeling sense of this. But it's just the next step in this quality of curiosity, a relaxed curiosity. And the same with hearing. What's the next step there? Hearing the fluctuation of a sound or it come and go or the different tones or volume change. This is the beginning. And then what comes after the beginning is settling in, settling into your meditation. And I want to point out, this is a skill. And the first part of this is one trains experiencing the whole body, I shall breathe in. And then one trains experiencing the whole body, I shall breathe out. This quality of expanding the attention, allowing the attention to be broader, feeling the whole body and feeling the breath. Ah, this is the next step of kind of settling. And if you're using hearing as, uh, instead of the breath, it's this time that stick with the activity of hearing, but come to feeling the whole body at the same time too. This broadening of attention. And then the next step that's in the, the mindfulness of breathing. And, and those of you who know this discourse, what I'm basically going over is I'm just going over what's called the, the first tetrad. There's four tetrads of different practices. This is the first one. And then this next training, one trains calming bodily activity, I shall breathe in. And one trains calming bodily activity, I shall breathe out. The skill of calming and yeah, you don't get to choose at times. Sometimes there's just going to be agitation and then you're just being with that. But it's allowing the space for the heart and mind and body to settle, to have a sense of tra tranquility and learning that skill by utilizing the breath or utilizing hearing and expanding the awareness. So just to... Repeat, and this is where we're going to be going over the guided meditation. So preparing a suitable place, a suitable posture, establishing the intention. I'm here to practice mindfulness for the benefit of all beings. Setting aside daily concerns. And beginning the meditation, cultivating curiosity and then deepening that curiosity. And then settling, expanding feeling the whole body calming, taking some time with that settling process as well. So I'm gonna stop the sharing here. And yeah, I wanna be clear, when we do the guided meditation, you know, who knows what your mind's gonna do? It's, it's always messier than what it just looks on that last page. Yet having the attention, intention to gain some of the skill, even in the midst of the mess can be really helpful. Okay, so what we'll do now is uh, I just invite you to take a minute or two to move your body around if you need to, and then we're going to uh, begin to sit, and I'll be taking us through these stages as a way of doing this. So just a, a minute or two here, and then we'll begin to sit in meditation together.
Okay, so we'll begin to meditate now. And so it's just allowing your attention to come inward. And begin by simply feeling the body. If you're sitting, feeling the body sitting, allowing the body to be upright and yet relaxed, allowing for a quality of relaxation in the body. And if lying down, allowing for a quality of relaxation and also alertness. I now invite you to establish your intention for the sit. As it said in the, the texts, bringing mindfulness to the fore, allowing mindfulness to be here. This is our intention right now. Bringing mindfulness to the fore and sometimes inviting it Right now, you can get a feel of the feeling of presence right now. And if it fits for you, placing some kind of altruistic intention for your meditation this evening. And now also just the intention of, oh, right now I'm gonna set aside daily concerns. That's my intention at least, we'll see what happens. But that's the intention. And now beginning to contact the feeling of the breathing, if that's what you're using. It's this simple activity right now of feeling the breath and just the simple data. Oh, this is an in-breath. Ah, this is an out-breath. Just that's enough. The felt sense of in-breath and out-breath.
with ease and openness, in-breath, out-breath. And if it's pleasant, savoring that. When the mind wanders or gets lost in thought, that's okay. Having a quality of okayness about that and just gently bringing it back. And now deepening the curiosity. The suggestion I gave was being aware of the very beginning of the in-breath, the very end of the in-breath, that small gap between and the beginnings and endings of the out-breath. In an open, receptive way. or being aware if the breath is long or short. And if utilizing instead the activity of hearing, noticing how sounds arise and pass away, how there's different sounds that have different volumes and tones, simply receiving that whole world of the activity of hearing.
As you continue with feeling the breathing or using the activity of hearing, to now allow for a, another level of settling by expanding and feeling the whole body now. As you continue with your curiosity around the breath, as you continue with your curiosity around the activity of hearing, experiencing the whole body now and continuing with the curiosity around the breath you're hearing. And with this expanding, you might feel a deeper quality of receiving, of surrendering. And you might be already feeling the next step naturally arising of allowing for calming what's called calming the bodily activity, allowing for a settle, settling. Allowing the body to settle more deeply into the chair or the floor. And at the same time, continuing to cultivate that very simple curiosity around the breath or hearing.
having an open, relaxed awareness of the entire body and the feeling of the breathing or hearing. Continuing with this quality of curiosity Allowing for a settling. And if the mind is racing around a lot, that's okay. Just having a quality of okayness with that. That's the way it is right now. And then returning to the activity of hearing, the feeling of the breathing and feeling the whole body.
And it's fine just to come back to noticing breathing in and breathing out, if that feels most effective. Continuing with this opening, receiving the feeling of the breathing, feeling the whole body, allowing for settling, calming. Feeling the breathing with curiosity. Being aware of hearing, if that's what you're using. And feeling the whole body. Opening, receiving, surrendering. and allow for a quality of settling, calming,